Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Tutor Doctor in the House. I'm Scott Thompson, Senior Vice President of Franchise Development for Tutor Doctor. How's everyone doing today? Feel you I'm there? Amazing. I'm yeah. here. It's Good. great. Thanks for being here with me again, as usual, my co-host. Um, today we're going to talk about international franchise development. You know, it's a, it's a things that you know, you know, we, we at Tutor Doctor we're proud of our international growth, but you know, it's a scary proposition for people that are looking to franchise internationally. And um, I've got we've got our expert resident uh, Nigel Mann on the call today. Nigel, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking, Scott. Oh, I love the accent. Oh, the British accent. It's so beautiful. Uh, the truth is, Scott, I'm not the one with the accent. You are the one with the accent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're the queen, the queen's English. Excuse me. Yes. So, you know, first off, let's let's take a minute and uh, tell a little bit about your background and why you should be a resident expert on international franchise development. Well, you know, the, the term expert is always a bit of a stretch, but as far as uh, franchising goes, they say you learn from you learn from your mistakes. And uh, my first my first involvement with franchising was back in 1995, 1996, thereabouts, and uh, was co-founder of a, a what what ended up being the world's largest online marketing company that's franchised um, and was president and co-founder of that organization for 10 years. And I have to tell you, um, when, I'm, when I'm asked by other franchisors that are fairly new to the game, and they ask me, Nigel, tell me all the things that I should do to be an excellent international franchisor. Uh, I turn around and say, I think it might be more useful if I tell you all the things not to do. Because in my first in our, I say that collectively with our management team, in the first three to five years, we made every mistake in the book. <laughs> so you hopefully learn from those new beginnings and then you apply what you've learned to future endeavors. So um, so I started off with um, uh, with a company called WSI and we, we collectively as a management team uh, helped that company grow to 87 uh, countries globally. Uh, so I lived out of a suitcase, taking the brand into new markets. Uh, some of those markets were fun. Some were not so fun. Um, you know, I've had AK-47s pointed at my head on international boundaries. I won't say which one. I've been in the country in the middle of a military coup, all in the efforts to take a brand to uh, to new climes. Uh, yeah, you're, I'm sure you weren't paid enough for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think... That was that was very close to the point in time when I decided to hang up the suitcase, Scott. And it was, uh, yeah, we were we were running a bit thin on new ideas and new markets to to open because we'd open most of the new ones. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And, Continue, yeah, my friend. Uh, Sorry you know, to interrupt. Okay, okay. Uh, anytime. Um, so after um, ten or eleven years. Uh, I had run out of markets. I'm not a back office operations uh, kind of guy. I'd probably rub stick needles in my eye. I'm, I'm a sort of build it, go out there and make it happen kind of guy. So um, I founded uh, an organization, a company called Matchpoint. Um, we're basically a firm, a sort of small boutique firm of franchise consultants that unlike many others is, is very much international in scope, uh, helping companies, franchise organizations expand into, into new international markets with a, a dominant focus on helping American, Canadian, and British brands go into each other's countries and, and beyond. So that was the, the focus. Uh, we built the organization to about 30 consultants in those different countries and uh, were offering help 
to individuals uh, that were looking for something new. They were looking to acquire a franchise for themselves and their family. Um, but you know, it's it's a quagmire out there. There's so much on offer. Um, it can often be quite overbearing for individuals to look for the right franchise. So why not tap into somebody who might have a little bit more experience, be a bit longer in the tooth in in the franchise arena? Let's face it. If you're looking for if you're looking for financial advice, you speak to a financial advisor. If you're looking for a new home, you speak to somebody who's an expert in that area in, in real estate. Uh, you know, if it's medical help, you go to a doctor. So why wouldn't you tap into somebody that has a breadth of experience in franchising to help guide you um, to the right uh, choice of franchise for, for, for your family? Um, and, uh, you know, match point over the time, uh, representing about 140 different brands. Um, personally, I'm very fortunate that uh, the, the someone else uh, um, COO of that company that now basically runs the day to day, and I'm left to the world, uh, to the franchise arena, to pick and choose, uh, if, I, if you like, pick and choose the brand or brands that, um, uh, that I choose, that I want to work with, that I feel connected with. And uh, I, I don't mind, uh, you know, admitting my bias. Uh, for, that, that, that bias is there for a multitude of reasons. But I have worked on and off with uh, with Tutor Doctor uh, now for the last uh, ten years or so, to varying to varying degrees. More so, uh, more so much for, for part time, <laughs> more like full time in semi retirement, uh, working with Tutor Doctor specifically engaging new franchisees in the uh, in the UK market. That's great. Yeah, we, we you know, so talk about the UK market and um, you know, where you see yourself taking it. I know London's pretty much saturated and you know, why we've been so successful in Absolutely. And uh, I mean it's not it's a short answer. I mean, the UK is a very interesting franchise marketplace. In the first of all, um, unlike the U.S. and most of Canada and France and many other countries where franchising is very heavily regulated, I mean, in the U.S. the, the FTC regulates franchising. In the in the U.K., it's left to almost self-govern. And uh, but the good news is that uh, member member franchisors of the British Franchise Association. I will say this: the British Franchise Association is probably one of the most difficult franchise associations to get membership in. Um, I have for many years served on the membership committee of the IFA um, and the, the IFA are not the making, they're just very different the way they run. Um, you know, they set, sort of say, well, look, if you pay the fees, you can come in, but if you don't abide by our rules of engagement and code of conduct, um, then we'll kick you out. Um, whereas the BFA says, no, we will scrutinize you for probably about a year. It's not a painless process. Um, and I believe something like only 25 or 30 percent of franchise organizations in the UK um, have been accepted as members of the BFA. So uh, I, I, I'm not saying that franchise, franchises that are not members aren't any good. I'm just saying it, there's a comfort in knowing um, that a franchise or has gone, you know, has jumped through a number of fiery hoops in order to um, get that membership, that much coveted membership of, of the BFA. I mean, they check out the franchise agreements. They make sure that it's, it meets their code of conduct and ethics. 
Uh, they make sure that the company is financially stable. They uh, interview franchisees. I mean, it, it does. It takes about a year. So that's something that uh, I believe that individuals looking for a franchise might want to look for that sort of seal approval um, when looking for a franchise uh, in, in, in the UK. Um, Tutor Doctor has been very fortunate. We, went, we jumped up through those fiery hoops together. Uh, I believe back in 2012, uh, when we were granted uh, granted membership, and I, I know in speaking to some people at BFA, um, you know we were one of the more pleasant brands to work with. It was not difficult to check out and validate not only the success and overall contentment of franchisees, um, but also the support levels of of a franchisor. And maybe we can, you can bring that question about ongoing support and so forth and the, the, the components that make a franchise worthy of consideration, Scott, if you'd make a note maybe to maybe uh, touch on that, that later. But, you know, Tudor Doctor is all about helping, for the most part, kids. And that's something that's close to, close to my heart. I uh, did a lot of work with Save the Children when I was much younger. Um, and I'm not a tutor by any stretch. I'm not a franchisee by any stretch. Well, tutor me every day, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very generous, Scott. Thank you. Um, you know, it's uh, but what I what I can do is I can indirectly help all these kids. And uh, you know, Tutor Doctor now has helped over three hundred thousand students in most of the major markets uh, that it operates in. I think there's something like thirty odd, maybe thirty five thousand tutors. So you, the company is helping. If I help Tutor Doctor get more people involved with the, the day-to-day operations of a franchise in a particular community. It's a very community-spirited franchise. I feel, at least this is my, my, what my, my gratification factor, is I get, I get a kick out of, you know, I feel good about helping people get into business, first of all, and secondly, in, you know, in, indirectly helping um, students that are otherwise, you know, having challenges with their schooling. And their tests and their exams, and in Kai, you know, of course, the 11 plus, the GCSEs, their A levels, and, and so forth. And uh, you know, we live in a we live in a much more competitive world than when I was a lad. <laughs> we, we might not want to go. That was quite some time ago. But uh, anyway, yeah. so Tudor Doctor, I think, offers a full package, and I think that's something that people should look for. Um, whether it's Tudor Doctor or another brand, uh, make sure it's a full package and checks checks a number of boxes that are applicable to you yep yep no no not a major capital outlay not a lot of equipment no inventory no build out or construction uh generate your first dollar within your first week of coming back from training uh you know just so many nice things about the model um and like you said make a profit while making a difference in the community that you operate in uh you know tutor doc has done a nice job of that and then you know with our technology and also with um our launch support specialists and our franchise field consultants and our marketing team, you're just, you know, you're poised and you're positioned for, you know, great success when you join our team. Um, you know, Nigel, I, I understand you're going to be in the UK in the next few weeks. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. In fact, uh, well, for, for those, those that are listening, if my accent sort of is a little bit confusing, uh, I'm confused overall, but uh, uh, I did spend my first 24 years in the UK. I was born in southern England near London. Uh, Canada has been home for the first 35 years. Uh, I carry both pockets, so I can claim to be both. Uh, but I, yeah, I will be on uh, this Tuesday evening, the 19th of June, 
I will be um, heading over the pond, so to speak, and we are putting on a series of events designed to help people understand what it would be like to operate a Chief Doctor franchise. We're doing a series of canapes and cocktails evenings. All right, all right, I have to stop. Uh, in four, in what is a location. canapé? <laughs> a For canapé our listeners here. It's a posh French word that's used in the UK, <laughs> even though it's a French word, for nibbles, you know, appetizers. <laughs> but what about uh, hors d'oeuvres? Uh, What's the difference between hors d'oeuvres and a canapé? I think you should ask somebody who has a better understanding of the French language than I do. And six years of high school, six years of high school, or should I say secondary school French, isn't going to cut it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a... Uh, I, it's an information evening. I, I'm going to be uh, uh, hosting an event in each of London, Manchester, Birmingham, and Bristol. Um, I will uh, be at the front of the room to make sure everybody gets what they need out of it to understand the, the, the day in, day out type of activities, what a day in the life of a Choose Doctor franchisee looks like. Uh, in, in many locations, I will have one or two franchisees. So, real life franchisees, don't believe a word Nigel says, get it from the horse's mouth, speak to those franchisees, ask those tough questions um and i'll be exposing if you like uh, the tutor doctor opportunity as a whole uh, that will take me between 57 and 58 minutes yes i've done it once or twice before uh and then we'll enjoy over a beverage or two um call it appetizers nibbles hors d'oeuvres or canapes <laughs> whatever you like <laughs> very good very good so, you know, Nige, you know, obviously we, want, we like to make these calls productive and we don't want to just plug Tudor Doctor. So I want to, you know, if, if you're a potential franchisee or, uh, you know, you're a new franchisor and you're thinking about going overseas and, and starting your brand up in those markets, just walk someone through some of the, you know, just the things they should be thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something I'm very passionate about. So let's talk about potential franchisee. Um, you know, most people, when they're looking to buy a franchise, there's some sort of underlying reason or motivating factor. It might be, I don't like my boss. I don't want, I've done this for the last 20 years. I don't want to do it. I'll make money for the man, uh, someone else, and build their enterprise. I want to do something <laughs> for myself. And that happens to a lot of people. And, and you know, the question is what? Uh, in the UK market, there is approximately just over 1,000 franchise brands. Uh, but here's here's something to put people at rest, and that is f over 50,000 people in the United Kingdom have already made that bold leap of faith and taken the plunge and acquired a franchise. And 50,000 people can't all be wrong. The question is, which is the right franchise for you? And, uh, you know, but the question I get asked the most, Scott, is what's the best franchise, Nigel? And, you know, that's like asking me. <laughs> you know, you've, you've, you've been asked the same question, I can tell by your, your, la course. your laughter. Yeah, many times. And that's like, that's like asking me, you know, how long is a piece of string? Because it all depends. So what does it depend on? It depends on what you want. You know, what about lifestyle, work-life balance? What about are you, you know, different franchises offer all a myriad of different products and services are you are you okay with the expense and the stresses of a a builder it's, it's right for some people they want you know they want a mcdonald's they want a coffee shop that's fine they, they, they want to be a trader on the high street or whatever it might be um some people you know what uh, -uh. if it involves weekends that's not for me we've eliminated probably 
about 80% of franchise opportunities. So that's a very good question to ask yourself. Am I okay uh, on occasion working on the weekends? Do, you know, what kind of people do I want to work with? You know, some franchises might focus on the elderly and home care. Uh, other people might be serv servicing the public. Some people, you know, embrace that and love B2B. it. And yeah, and B2B, you know, uh, business consultation, whether it's coaching, whether it's, you know, everything you can imagine uh, has been has been franchised, you know. Uh, you know, I always have a little chuckle about things that have been franchised, but they have been have had some degree of success. I mean, there is, believe it or not, a franchise out there um, that is available in the UK where you actually go to people's back gardens and you pick up what Rover left behind. <laughs> um, oh, I think we have those here in the states. Yeah, I think you have those too. Not to be too crass, um, you know, there is a lady who from Northern England who started a franchise and it's pole dancing lessons and she's done quite well and good for her you know it's very easy to, to, to have judgment and so there are actually people that actually embrace it say i would love to do that and have ladies parties in their home and you know everything you can imagine has been been franchised so there's no easy answer to you know what's the best franchise if you add to the end of that question what is the best franchise for me and then start asking yourself some inquiring uh, in questions, you know, what do I want to be? What, who would I like? To, who, would, who would my customer base be? What kind of uh, hours would I be prepared for? What would I be gratified uh, by? What would make me feel good? It's, maybe it's not just about making money for a lot of people. Maybe it's about making that difference or feeling rewarded because somebody said thank you so much for what you just did for me. So, um, and budget. You know, franchises from a couple of thousand pounds to multiple millions. You want to open up a, a franchise Hilton or Marriott, you know, you're talking a little bit of pocket change there. <laughs> um, but there are, a, there's a ton of franchises that are in what I call the affordable, the, for most, uh, bracket, even if it means they tap into savings, or they tap into a little bit of equity in their, in, 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 in their homes. And again, not to make it about two after we've had a, we've had, I've had a 20 plus year uh, friendship with a gentleman at NatWest RBS in, in Bishopsgate in London and, uh, and, and Mark and myself, you know, uh, go back a, a long way through multiple different franchise brands. And, and just to give you an example, there, there are franchises that are assessed by financial institutions and they do six, every six months, they'll do a, a risk assessment. And, and just in this example um, with, with NatWest, they actually offer funding for about for a couple of hundred different brands, I'm not I'm not here to plug NetWest. I just think they do a great job. They do a great job for for us, and and, and why not say a good thing about them? Because you know, not not very often we say good things about banks. So I'll say something good for a change. And <laughs> and and you know what? Um, you know, I was actually speaking uh, with Mark just the other week, maybe two or three weeks ago, and he said, Nigel, you know, I didn't even know they did this risk assessment, and um, uh, they look at all kinds of different factors and they come up with a rating between one and 10 on a franchise. And I don't think they make this public, but I might be able to ask. But the point is, a 10 would be a company that's probably on the verge of being insolvent. They're not going to fund it. And a, and a brand that's got a risk factor of one is like that flawless diamond. It doesn't exist. There's no single franchise in the UK that's been rated a one. Perfect. Nothing's perfect. But Tudor Doctors rated a 2.5 in this example, um, meaning it's in the top 5% least risky franchises to uh, consider. 
So anyway, um, I know we went off a, a couple of little tangents there, but you know, potential franchisee should be aware, more aware of what works and what doesn't. Always speak to franchise franchisees. You know, don't believe everything they tell you. Do your due diligence. Speak to those franchisees. You know, I'm going to say something that's probably not very popular with a lot of, you know, I won't be popular with a lot of franchise brands, but most of them will just give you their best franchisees to speak to. You know, no, say I want a mixture. I want new people. You know, people that have been tenured for many years. I want brand new people so I can find out what the training was like because it's the forefront of their their mind space. Uh, I want people that are on one or multiple units or territories. I want people that are performing at different ends of the performance spectrum. I want, as as a professional in franchising, I want the potential buyer to have a very real snapshot of what it's like day in, day out, uh, operating that particular brand. So um, I, I won't just, you know, sometimes, you know, you can reach out yourself independently, depending on the brand. I know what you're talking it's, it's, it's a voluntary system, so you can get everybody. But not all franchise companies are created uh, are, are created equally. And as for franchisors, you know, for potential franchisors that are looking to go into the international market and expand beyond their country of origin, you know, it's all very wonderful, and I don't mind sharing. I got caught up in, in that because it's all very sexy to think, oh, I can take my Canadian brand, as I did, and say, and the first country I did go to naturally was uh, was the UK, uh, and, and pretty much at the same time the US from Canada. Um, and, you know, the idea is going into, we went into Indonesia, and I went into all kinds of different places. And it's all very exciting to think that somebody will give you a big fat check, you know, for the master franchise rights. How wonderful is that? Um, and, you know, are you picking the right person? I learned in the very early years that choosing the right partner to represent your brand, your brand is at stake here. In a new market is a huge, can be a huge risk. So, you know, would I would I rather partner with would I rather partner with somebody that is um, that has some experience in franchising than not? Absolutely. So uh, you know it's all very exciting, but I think partner I, I brought on master franchisees years and years ago that they weren't the right people to partner with, and I don't mind taking responsibility for that. I think franchisors whether they're looking for the right master franchisee or individual franchisee have to take a degree of responsibility on who they select. And I think this is just worth mentioning, you know, briefly here, Scott, I know with a a few handfuls of really good brands and I'll put, I don't mind putting your brand too, doctor in that, uh, in that case where they really consider the franchisee franchise or relationship truly as a partnership it's not franchising it's truly as a partnership it's an interdependent relationship the franchisee depends very much on the franchisor and vice versa they are there which is mutually symbiotic in that i mean the franchisor a good responsible franchisor has a vested interest in the success of each franchisee and will do whatever it can within its power creativity, human resources, etc., to help that franchisee be an incredible success. Why? They have that vested interest because the more money, not to make this, you know, money, you know, focus, but the more 
money a good franchisor helps a good franchisee make, the more the franchisor makes. That's how franchise companies make money. They're not making money off of franchise fees. They're making money out of the whatever's left of the royalties after their expenses operating the corporate infrastructure. So it's it's really important to understand it. And what I would I would the one thing I would say to people is when looking for a franchise when looking for a franchise as a master franchise or as a individual franchise look at it as a potential partnership you know most of us maybe not all of us most of us if we ever get wed if we get married before we get married we'll have a period of engagement and before that we'll date and we'll do things together whatever that's called getting to know one another and understand if it's something you want to be officially joined in matrimony for many, many years. And on occasion today, it's still for life for a few. And, you know, that franchise might not be for life, but it's something you're going to be committed to for many years. So I would um, I would say when you're, you know, interviewing, when you're discussing with your franchise, or ask yourself the question, is, does this company sound like an organization that views the franchisee franchisor relationship as a partnership? And some will and some won't. And it'll be readily apparent uh, based on the conversation. Look, I'll, I'll share this as I close off on this question. So it's not a short answer uh, in the interest of time. We, we, I could go on on this one for a lot, some, some period, as you, as, as you know, Scott. But I would say that, you know, Many franchise organizations, when you initially dialogue with them, you get the sense. You'll know right away, you know, quite frankly, if you can fog a mirror and write a check, you've bought yourself a franchise. And this is, you, you want to be running a million miles away, you know, an hour away from a brand that's like that. You want to work with a franchise organization that has as much interest in you and what you want for aspirations as you do in them, it needs to be equal. Hope that hope that helps there, Scott. No, absolutely. And that's that's what I tell, you know, and as at, at TD, Tutor Doctor, you know, we have our mutual evaluation process that you go mm -hmm. through. And it's not just, you know, Fogamira sign a check. It's, you know, it's a four-stage, nine-step process to be awarded that franchise. And, you know, we, we are looking for those people that are, you know, passionate about education, looking for that work-life balance and, and giving back to their communities, but also want to make a profit and build a scalable business. And and so, you know, that's the rewarding aspects of Tutor Doctor. And, you know, Nige, really appreciate your time today and talking about international franchising, what to look for in a franchise. Um, any last closing comments you have for our audience? Uh, in summary, make sure you do your due diligence. Make sure that you can see yourself a role. You know, the best exercise anyone can go through when they're talking to different franchisors is tell me help me understand what a day in the life of a in this case or any case a two doctor franchise or abc franchise what does that look like because i tell people this you know if i start to describe the, the you know the, the the day in day out tasks of in this case a two doctor franchise you know when i start describing those things you might go you know what you know what scott you know what nigel i can see myself doing that i might actually embrace that i might enjoy that 
On the other hand, you might turn around and say, uh-uh, that's not my cup of tea. That's not something I can see myself doing. So I think that my, my closing remarks would be inquire with both the person, the representative of the franchise organization and with franchisees. Have a good, solid understanding of what you'll be doing day in, day out, so you know when you make that bold decision to go into the next chapter of your life and what brand you'll work with, make sure you're embracing and going to something you're going to get up in the morning, leap out of bed, and look forward to going doing your day's work. Ah, that's great. Well, truly. Nigel, I appreciate your time. Uh, I know you're going to be going over to the UK when tomorrow? I'm leaving uh, Tuesday evening. I arrive at Heathrow on Wednesday morning, and uh, uh, then the events start Wednesday evening. No rest yeah, for the weekend. Well, why don't you tell <laughs> everyone where the events are and, uh, and, the, and the times and, and the dates, and that way there, if someone is, is looking Absolutely. at looking at a doctor uh, or in the UK, you know, they can take a take a ride over and, and spend some time with you. Well. Absolutely. Um, our, our London event is at the Rembrandt Hotel. Beautiful hotel, I've stayed uh, there. Thurlow Place. It is. Yes, you have. We were there last time together. Um, Rembrandt Hotel is on Tuesday, the 20th at 7 p.m. I'd ask people to always arrive a few minutes early. Uh, we're a little oversubscribed at the moment. And then, you know, just me chatting a little bit, getting to know you, getting to know the franchise brand. And then we'll have some canapes and cocktails. So that's Tuesday in on on. on. Uh, the following Saturday, uh, the 23rd of June at 2 p.m. at the Midland Hotel. Well, if anybody's in or near Manchester, everybody knows the Midland Hotel. It's a classic hotel. We'll be there, we'll be there at 2 o'clock on Saturday. And on the following uh, uh, Tuesday, uh, I will be at Birmingham at the Radisson Blue Hotel. Uh, at 7 p.m. Uh, there, uh, we'll do a repeat performance. And the very next night, down in the West Country, we really could use some some really great fran you know, franchisees down in uh, that part of the world. Um, and the, the it's at the Mercure Grand uh, on Broad Street. And I know there's a two or three Mercure hotels, but it's the one on Broad Street right in the city center. And that's at 7 p.m. Uh, as well. So uh, everybody is invited. There is a requirement to register. I don't know how we can... Uh, how you can plan on just sharing that information, uh, some registration yeah, links. Yeah, so we can part, share the registration links as part when we when we launch the uh, the podcast, so people can just click the link from the podcast for which event they'd like to go to. Great, okay. Nigel, I really Fantastic. appreciate your time and uh, your candor. Uh, it was great. I think our audience will get some nuggets out of this call and uh, safe travels over to the UK if I don't chat with you. And uh, till next time, Theo, thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Okay. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks, Cheers. Tom. Pleasure as always. Bye-bye.